I started listening to podcasts and every day to and from work, it seemed like every guest would recommend a book or give credit to the books that they had read in some part for the reason that they're successful or have found joy or spread love. And so that's, uh, that's how it started. I was listening to all of these people that I wanted to be like, and I wasn't open to reading these books. And I just said to myself one day, if I'm not open to this, then I'm choosing to live under my potential. So I went to a local Barnes and Noble. I got 10 of the books that I had heard consistently on these podcast episodes and the rest is history. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's episode is with the founder of BookThinkers and a brand new author, Nick Hutchison. Nick's new book, Rise of the Reader, just came out on November 1st. Definitely go grab yourself a copy. His company, BookThinkers, which is a book marketing agency, performs services for both authors and readers, which include book reviews, book recommendations, podcast booking, and they create awesome content and video production. They believe the right books at the right time can change lives. And I know so much from experience how true this really is. During the episode, Nick talks about his journey into books and how he turned his passion into a business. He goes more in depth about book thinkers and their services and recommends some of his most favorite and impactful books. He also shares some tips and tools from his new book, regarding setting intention when reading, helping to hold yourself accountable, and exactly how you can transform the information you read in books into action and results. It includes strategies for mastering your reading habits and applying what you learn. All right, everybody, help me welcome the awesome. The I love that you focus on books a lot because they've helped transform my life, but everybody, let's welcome Nick, man. I appreciate you being here, buddy. Yeah, Justin, excited for today's conversation. You've got an amazing vibe and amazing podcast, so I'm happy to be here. 
Ah, amazing, man. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Uh, it's so dope when men can be complimentary towards each other and just show each other a little bit of love. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I think so too. Yes. Dude, I, let's jump right into it, man. Like, I never read books. I still don't read books. I do Audible. But I, growing up, man, I just, I hated to read. Hated it. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like reading comprehension when you were younger or you just hated it? No, I just didn't enjoy reading. I was more of the jock stereotype, I think, throughout high school. And so I was captain of the wrestling team. I played football. I just, reading and academics where I was from, for whatever reason, they weren't cool. And so I just, I think I avoided them. And I also had some insecurities around my ability to communicate. And so I just sort of avoided, <laughs> yeah, I avoided situations that might be embarrassing, such as reading out loud in class and things like that. And dude, if you're like the the stereotypical jock, like you're not reading, that's not cool. You know what I mean? It's like, at least I guess when we were younger in high school, like those two did not equate. They did not go side by side. But how cool would that be to see somebody who's super athletic, killing it, also brilliant, a reader, taps into books. It's like, it's like you know, we're put into these categories of how you're supposed to be. But when you can be the end, not the or, just more beauty can come from that. Yeah, if I could go back, I would I would definitely apply myself a little bit more throughout high school and college and earlier. But uh, yeah, reading was not part of the agenda back then. And now look at me. I read 50 to 100 books a year and I'm a total nerd. So I identify <laughs> with that side of myself now. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, how did that shift come about? Well, I'll try to make a long story short. I took an internship going into the to my senior year of college at a local software company. I went to the University of New Hampshire, and this company was right outside of campus. So I interviewed. I get hired for a sales internship. And where I was living that summer was at about an hour commute each way. So anyway, my sales mentor at the time, my boss, Kyle, introduces me to the world of podcasting, kind of like this, where a host interviews a series of guests. Those guests talk about what made them successful or happy or fulfilled or help them spread love. And so I started listening to podcasts and every day to and from work, it seemed like every guest would recommend a book or give credit to the books that they had read in some part for the reason that they're successful or have found joy or spread love. And so that's uh, that's how it started. I was listening to all of these people that I wanted to be like and I wasn't open to reading these books. And I just said to myself one day, if I'm not open to this, then I'm choosing to live under my potential. So I went to a local Barnes and Noble. I got 10 of the books that I had heard consistently on these podcast episodes and the rest is history. Ah, it's so great. To, like, It's so great that you had that experience to be like, and, and watching and listening to podcasts to be like, I'm selling myself short here. I'm not living to my potential. And there's information and knowledge out there that can help me get to it. And there's one aspect of knowing that that exists, but the other aspect of taking that step forward and getting the books and implementing it, bringing that knowledge into your own self, your own awareness. So it's cool that you follow that in yourself. And now look where it brought you. So pretty cool. Yeah. There's a, a moment where you realize you have unfulfilled potential and that you're capable of doing more. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people choose to run in the opposite direction. They shrink back into their comfort zone. Uh, they choose not to embrace a little bit of discomfort and try something new. And I think that's where a lot of growth happens. And so I went to that local Barnes and Noble. I remember feeling a little awkward 
you know, somebody might've said, Hey, are you interested in having me help you look for a book? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. You know? So I spent a little bit of time wandering around and I found those books. And thankfully the internship that I had wasn't very demanding, but I had to be there for eight hours and I had an office. So I would just shut the door and I'd start to read these books. What's great about books, whether you listen to them like you do, Justin, or you read the physical books or eBooks is that most of the time that's a private experience. And so you can grow at your own pace. You can go through the reflection and take notes, try things out, uh, you know, in a place that's safe and you can be vulnerable, which is pretty cool. Yes. You know, and just like for me personally, I don't know, you know, is it like, am I taking, am I like living now based off my past? Because in the past I didn't like reading books. I suffered from reading comprehension when I was younger. It just like, it was very difficult for me to sit still and to literally read the words, but comprehend what was happening in them, right? Because my mind would go somewhere else, or I would just be counting the pages until I was done. Like my mom's still joking around with me about that, that when I was younger, if I had to read two chapters of a book, I would count the pages beforehand. So I knew exactly how many pages I had to read and exactly when I would be done. Um, And then now just for me, I guess like uh, Audible it's just super convenient. Like I, I drive uh, a lot with work. I'm driving like two appointments and they, they could be 20 minutes away, 45 or an hour. So it's like a really nice space for me to take that time to tap into all these different books. Um, and when I was younger, man, I just like, I didn't want to read books. Audible wasn't really a thing. And I just, you know what? I had such a turn off from school. Like I just did not like school. And I thought that the books that existed were going to be like the textbooks and the things that existed in school. So because of that too, I just deviated away from it. Um, and then in my probably early, early twenties, like maybe 2021, I started to audible and I started to look more into books and dude, it transformed my entire life. Like yours differently, obviously, but what we're able to grasp and take from books. And I can't wait to talk to you more about this, but once we're able to take those things and then implement them into our lives, that's when our lives really, really, truly change. Um, And I'm so grateful that I had the awakening into books and now knowing how important they are and how this beautiful life-changing perspective-altering information exists out there and we have the ability now to tap into them, which is pretty awesome. Just like you, I think it's the most awesome thing out there. So awesome that I made it my full-time job and <laughs> I decided to contribute whatever value I have to this world of books, you know, which is pretty cool. And and uh, I do listen to books as well. I probably listen to 25 or 30 books a year, uh, but I read, you know, 50 to 100 physical books a year. So that's a bigger portion of what I do. But Audible has been amazing. And I'm so grateful that so many authors choose to create an audio version of their book for people that prefer audio. Hmm. Have you been reading that amount for, I guess, for how long have you, do you feel like you've been reading that amount of books per year? Let's say I'm 29 years old now, and I started reading about 20 years old. And so I've probably read 500 books. I've probably averaged 50 a year. It started a little bit slower. It's ramped up to a little bit more than that now. And so, yeah, for the last 10 years, I've been, uh, like a reading workhorse. <laughs> That's awesome. And do you feel, so honestly, like, do you now feel pressure to read more books so that you can produce more content and have more knowledge on them? Or is this now just who you are? Cause you've been doing it for 10 years and now it just kind of comes easily. I think it's a little bit of both. 
And I think that I feel a little, I feel both of those things uh, at separate times, you know, throughout a year. One of the services that my company offers is a paid book review. And we also offer to interview authors based on their books. And so sometimes I'm being paid to read and that's when it feels like a little bit more of a job. Uh, But then I would be reading even if I wasn't being paid, right? Because that's how it all started. And so there are books that come out that I'm just so excited to read and dive into. For example, Alex Hormozzi is a business author. He's one of my favorite business authors and podcasters. And uh, he just put out a new book this past week. And so I immediately jumped on Audible because it wasn't available physically yet. And I'm halfway through the book already. And so, you know, every once in a while that happens too. And that's just who I am. And I'll be reading forever uh, unless something changes. I can see that, right? Like in, in, it's your, you know, it's your job now. So I, I love that you still are finding the joy in it. You know what I mean? You're not letting the, the weight of creating content or the weight of you having to work to take over your love for reading and the joy that it brings you. Like that's so important. I feel like to hold on to that and like tune into that as much as you can, the joy that you find in, in that, because that I truly believe is what will keep you right. I think on this path, doing this, when you're passionate and you have a love for something, those tough days are not quite as tough. Like there's still, there are obviously still difficult days, but it's a little bit easier to take that next step through them when it's not just something that you're doing for a job, for a paycheck, when it's actually something that you truly, truly enjoy. Yeah, 1000%. You know, one of the first books that changed my life was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. That's a book on productivity, but it's also a book on lifestyle design. And there's something that he says early in the book, which is reality is negotiable. And he says to the reader, listen, although society might pressure you in a different direction, you can create a life that's uniquely fulfilling to you, that's full of whatever your passions and interests are. You can follow your curiosity each and every day. And so like you're saying, be careful what you wish for because it just might happen. Uh, It did happen. And as I built a business around my passion for reading, you know, I'm really into the productivity and the business building as well. And so I would do energy audits and I would look at my week and I would say, what took energy away from me? And I would find a way to automate that, delegate that, eliminate that, systemize it some way, shape, or form. And uh, what I learned through the art of delegation is that what's not fulfilling for me, what takes energy for me might bring energy to somebody else. And so it was sort of a harmonious opportunity to get rid of what sucked my energy away and give more energy to somebody else. And uh, yeah, so that's been... That's been the art of keeping reading something that brings me joy and fulfills me. And, and uh, yeah, so now I love it. I guess I've always loved it, but now I love it. And can you uh, just tell me a little bit too, what what was the, like, what was the transformation over? Like when did it, was it over years? Was it like this one moment that you're like, wow, like I can take my passion and create a business out of it now. You know what I mean? And you can follow this path and make money and and live something that you actually care about. Yeah, there was a big change that happened when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That was the very first book that I read. And Robert essentially said to me as the reader that subjects like money, 
personal finance. They're taught in the home. They're not taught in the public education system. And what that means is not everybody gets a fair shot. Most of our financial literacy and our understanding of how money works is taught in the home. And so if you come from a a poor middle-class family, which most people do, you're going to learn poor or middle-class money habits. And he said, for $20 and a few hours of your time, you can read the experiences of somebody who is rich and they can teach you rich money habits. And I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. Condensing decades of lived experience and millions of dollars of experiments and tests into a $20 book that can be read in a couple of hours. And so I read that book. I read a few more personal finance books and I went from insecure whenever the subject of money got brought up. I was in business school, so money was brought up a lot and I would shy away from those conversations. So I went from insecure to leading those conversations with confidence after just a few books. And so I began to think at that time, what other areas of my life can I apply this magic of reading to? I was always a little entrepreneurial. And so I knew that I wanted to work in this space eventually, but I didn't go into it full-time right out of school. I went full-time at that software company. And I think it was that software role was important for me because it taught me sales and marketing business-related skills that I could transfer into my growing side hustle, which was BookThinkers. But I grew BookThinkers and, and found out different ways to monetize it over a period of years and years and years. Uh, it was founded in 2017. And really just this year uh, is our first really big growth year. And so yeah, it took a long time to find out the best way to serve my community and also make money doing it at the same time. Mm. Dude, thank you for not shying away from that, that it took you some time, right? Because I think a big misconception is when we see somebody doing something that they love or being successful, the first thought is like, wow, they got there pretty quickly. That happened like overnight, it seems like. Where it's like a lot of times, most of the times, that's just like not the case. And it's important in conversations like this, I think, for people to express that. You know what I mean? To just be vulnerable, to be honest and real about situations, about the struggle, about how things that are very impactful can take time and that's okay. Yeah, it totally is. And uh, it took me a long time. You know, there's a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, The E-Myth Revisited. And in that book, he talks about how 95% of small businesses fail in the first five years. And of those that survive, another 95% fail in the next five years. So why do only 1% of companies exist after a 10-year period? It's because people try to go too big too fast. And I received some advice early in my journey from a mentor of mine. He said, Nick, don't jump off the cliff and try to build the parachute on the way down. You're going to operate from a place of scarcity. You're going that that scarcity mindset will flow into your decision making, your sales opportunities. You'll compromise on values for money. You don't want to do that. He said, keep the full-time job. Look at that full-time job as a sponsor for doing what you really want to do, which is play the game of building your side hustle. And so that's what I did. I I waited. I even had full-time employees at BookThinkers before I went full-time. And so talk about taking the slow route, but building that foundation up so that I didn't have to operate from a place of scarcity has allowed me to get to the place where I am today, which is, I mean, we we had over a million impressions last month. That's a million people that could potentially be positively impacted by the work that we're doing. And that's just through book thinkers, not even the authors that we support. And so, um, yeah, slow and steady wins the race. It's a tale as old as time, right? 
It's beautiful, man. It's like patience, like seriously, just like, don't always go for like the instant gratification because you said it so perfectly too. It's like when we do that, our morals, things may lack in those moments or the scarcity may take over and, and create us to act in a way that we're not naturally going to act. If we were calmer, if we understood things take time, if we were just more patient, I feel like when we can act in those ways, the, the more truth of who we are is able to come forward as opposed to that rushed anxiety. I got to get this done. Oh shit. Like I'm not where I want to be yet. What's happening. Just like taking a breath and like taking that step back. And, and I think, and kind of going back to, uh, you know, this being something that you're passionate about um, and something that you obviously love. I don't want to speak for you. I know this was spread love movement because I love this. We didn't grow for a while and I didn't care. Like I just, I really am like, I can say that very confidently. Like I just did not care because I knew it was content that people needed, that people were searching and looking for. I knew that. I knew that as like in my soul, I knew that. And then, so I was like, okay, this may just take some time for it to reach people. And I mean, we, we grew to 5,000 followers in maybe a few months and then didn't grow for over a year, stayed at 5,000 for like over a year. And if it was something that I wasn't in love with and passionate about, and I didn't, you know, have this desire to serve and to give and to love, then I would have stopped for sure. And then, so just again, going back to, to you, man, it's like, good for you for, for tapping in following the path of something that you actually really care about and then seeing it through. It's beautiful. Yeah. You as well. I think when you're connected to a purpose and you can articulate that to yourself, it can, it can help you stay consistent and it reinforces patience. So a book that was important for me early on was a book called Built to Serve by Evan Carmichael. Evan's an amazing guy. He's been a mentor to me for a while now. And in that book, he says, most often your purpose comes from your pain. And so the pain that I experienced was being this non-reader who was operating from a place of ego on one side of the spectrum that would represent itself at the expense of other people and insecurity on the other side of the spectrum that would really limit my potential in life. And I was able to overcome both of those big issues and create a life of certainty, you know, remove the insecurity, confidence, and create a life focused on impacting other people in a positive way. And so I want to go back and serve that younger version of myself. I want to tell that person, hey, listen, if you read these books and if you implement this material, you can design something that's better for yourself. Less anxiety, less dark moments, more love. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm connected to this purpose. I you know, I meet people and I get messages on social media and I see people at conferences that have been positively impacted by the work that we're doing, as I'm sure you do as well. And that's what keeps you in the fight. Hmm. That's what it does. It does. It feels good because it's it's knowing that you're making a difference and you're serving, which is the whole purpose to begin with. Yes. Right. So to know that from someone else, that's why sometimes we'll get little messages from, it's so interesting too. I saw one of your videos too. As you grow and grow and grow, you'll get less DMs because people think that you're less, you're less, you're, you're untouchable, right? That you're not going to respond and do things. And we used to get more messages when we had less of a following, but now as we have more and more, we, we, we get less. Um, yeah. But when those, right. But when they do pop through of just like, Hey, like either video that I created or one that we just, you know, uh, reposted where someone's like, Hey, like, I needed that. Like that really connected to me. That got me out of a funk. 
that that got me stepping more towards the direction of love. It's like because right that that's that's what we're here for. So just to have that like social proof and that knowing that yes, okay, what we're what what our intention of being here to help and to serve is actually working. It like means the world. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I I posted something. Let's see if I can find it in my brain. I posted something a while ago that was like, you know, impact impact is only felt through feedback. And so I think it is important. I'll say this for anybody listening to Justin's show today who's been positively impacted but never told him, reach out, show some love, tell Justin about how he's positively impacting you because it's only through the feedback that you're aware of the impact that you're having. And so, yeah, it's important. It's important to feel those moments because they can, you know, they help you continue to produce content. Hmm. And it's like, at least for myself too, I'll think it's like, it's like, I believe that we're helping people, but you're right. It's like in the proof when someone actually will tell you that, huh? And I'm going to throw this right back at Nick. Do the same thing for Nick. Everybody listening right now who Nick has helped and touched and introduced you to a book that changed your life. Give him some love too. That was awesome that you did that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Can I, can I tell you about a cool thing that happened to me a few months ago? Of course. So my wife and I, and I post about this on social, so apologize if you stumbled on this post, but my wife and I were uh, honeymooning in Croatia and we're in this small little village outside of Dubrovnik. Now Dubrovnik, Croatia is a small place to begin with, but we're in this little village outside of it, this little area. And we were walking over to get a couple of drinks at a restaurant and we walked past a cool restaurant and she said, different restaurant, but we were walking past this restaurant. She said, Hey, we should make reservations tonight when we walk back by for tomorrow night. Looks really cool. The food looks great. We saw people eating outside by the water. And so he said, sure. And as we walked back there closing up and I said, I opened the door, I went inside and I saw somebody walking by in wait staff clothing. And I said, Hey, can I make a reservation for tomorrow? And this guy looks up at me and he just casually goes, yeah, of course. Hey, by the way, I'm a huge fan. I'm like, huge fan. Who do you think I am? You know, thinking that he's mistaking me for somebody else. And he's like, book thinkers. I follow book thinkers. Dude, your book recommendations have meant the world to me. Then he proceeds to tell uh, uh, tell me and my wife a 10-minute story about how some of the book recommendations made their way into his feed. He chose to read some of those books. They've made a massive impact on how he views life. And he told me some very intricate stories related to content that I had posted from years before and uh, like special collaborations and stuff from interviews. And so this was a, this was a fan, a raving fan. And I just bumped into him at a restaurant in Croatia because we decided to stop and ask for a reservation. So yeah, that, that impact, I'll live off of that feeling for a long time because it's not, you know, for you and me, we're behind a computer screen or a phone most of the time behind a mic, you know, you're not out there in the real world all the time, but every once in a while, something like that happens. And, uh, we feed off of that as creators. It's like, feel like, you know, you don't know, like the energy that that gives us, right? Like the, it like lights, it like relights the fire in our souls and who we are. And it just feels incredible to know that we're actually making an impact. Yes. What a wild story too. That in Croatia, that's pretty cool. I know in a small little place. Yeah. It was so cool. 
Dude, let's jump into Book Thinkers more, man. Like, tell me more about Book Thinkers, the agency. Like, what services are you guys providing? Like, how are you getting books out more? What authors are you working with? What, what's kind of the landscape look like for you guys? So the first service came to be because we're posting, I was posting book recommendations and eventually some authors reached out and said, hey, Nick, your audience is my target reader. I'd love to pay you for a book promotion. And uh, so we touched on that briefly earlier. And what that looks like is we'll create content around somebody's book. It's all real. It's all authentic. If we don't like somebody's book, we'll return the money and we'll post it for our community and it will introduce their book to a wide variety of readers across the world that maybe they didn't have access to before. So it's sort of like a paid advertisement, a paid placement. And uh, we've been doing that really since 2018. That's always been the foundation of our business. And we work, uh, now we have kind of like a bigger minimum, but you know we work with anywhere between 50 and 100 authors in that capacity every single year, which is super cool. And then service number two is podcast booking. And that came to be because we host a podcast and we're pitched authors every single day, as I'm sure you are, Justin, for your podcast. And, you know, sometimes those podcast inquiries, they feel a little transactional. Yeah, it's just copy and paste. It's a book summary. It's a it's a bio making the author sound cool. It's done by an external PR agent or publisher or something like that. And I just thought, you know, I think I could do this a little bit better. I think we could build a relationship-based podcast agency uh, you know, where our podcast bookers attempt to build a little bit more of a relationship, try to get to know, you know, the, the host of the podcast a little bit more. We're not always perfect at it, but, you know, we have offerings where authors can get booked on anywhere between five and a hundred different podcasts to talk about their book. And uh, last but not least, the biggest area of my business is short form video production. So we'll help an author turn a physical book into 50 to 100 pieces of short form video content for social media. And that's best for authors that have some sort of higher ticket complimentary product or service, like their book is a lead mechanism for coaching or consulting, speaking, some type of business, online courses, whatever the whatever the uh, product or service is. And uh, so that's what we do. You know, we fly out and film videos with authors and walk them through the process. And at the end of the day, our videos that we're helping authors create are positively impacting people too. So regardless of the service that we offer, whether we're posting content, they're posting content, somebody's going on a podcast, the goal is for the right book to end up in the right hands at the right time so that somebody can use that book to change their life. And uh, that's that's the mission of my business. Yes. The right book at the right time to help that person change their life. That's it. Yes. Like <clears throat> books are so incredibly powerful because they have the potential to do that, to literally change your perspective, change your thought pattern, change your beliefs to one that resonates more with actually who you are. Not all the crap that's existed outside that you've just kind of taken in and accepted, but it allows you to go into different aspects, different parts of books, different realms of existence and see what resonates most with you. They're just incredible. They really are, man. Like again, going from not liking books at all when I was younger to like literally loving them and understanding, and being so grateful for them, because spread love movement wouldn't exist. I wouldn't be the person I am today without books. Like there's just no way, at all. Um, and I want to ask you, Nick, with the podcast part that you were talking about, are you you're connecting authors with other podcasts, or you're running your own podcast? Uh, both, but author, yeah, connecting authors with other podcasts primarily. Yes. 
Got it. Right. And you were saying before you felt like they were just kind of cut and paste transactional and you're trying to bring more of like a connection, more of a human element in when you're helping those authors get in contact with podcasts or vice versa and just creating that like real connection. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Awesome. Sweet dude. And I want to jump in about the book. So really incredible. You got a book coming out. The book is Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn. It's launching on November 1st. And I love this because, and I mentioned this to you before we hopped on, but ah, this is it, man. Like This is brilliant because the biggest thing, right? You can have all of the best information, all of the most beautiful things in books, and you can read and take it in. But if that's where it stops, you're missing the whole thing. It was almost like, what was the point of reading it in the first place? It is that gap of the knowledge that you're taking in, gap to you then implementing it. So to create a book that is going to help people master your reading habits and applying what you learned, you're, you're it's beautiful, man. You're taking it one step further into like the juiciness and to like the realness and like the real purpose of reading books. It's awesome. Yeah, man, I, I can't wait to feel the impact of this book. As I grew my community, hundreds of times over the last five or six years, people have said some variation of, hey, Nick, thank you so much for the book recommendations. I choose to read some of these books, but the issue is that I'm having a hard time translating that information into action. Just like you said, there's a gap. And people ask me, what do you do? And so I would send a voice DM, maybe a couple, maybe I'd type out a few paragraphs, but I knew that unless I provided everything that I was doing, I was leaving something on the table. I was underserving the people that I was trying to help the most. And so instead of building a course, I mean, what does my community want? They want a book. And so I chose three years ago to start documenting my process and building frameworks around what I was doing to translate information into action. And it's funny because it all sort of started with the software company that I was at, that I interned at, and then I worked at after college. Because when I would sell these software packages, the customers that we were selling them to would implement the software. And it would take anywhere between a few weeks and a few months to implement the software that we were selling. So I started to implement, naturally, the books that I was reading. I'd spend anywhere between a few weeks and a few months trying out everything that I had learned in that book. And a few people pointed out to me pretty early on that that's not very normal. Most people aren't doing that. And I thought, why? It works so well. <laughs> so yeah, the book is for people who know they're living under their potential and they're already reading books as a mechanism, as a vehicle to close that gap. And they just want to do it more efficiently. I talk about so many cool tips and tricks and frameworks and stuff, uh, everything from setting a proper intention for each book that you read, how to take effective notes. I talk about how to retain your notes more efficiently, how to build an accountability group, how to build an activity tracker to measure your activity and your results, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff in the book. And uh, happy to explore any one of those subjects in more depth. First off, I just really want to say, everybody listening right now, this is crucial, I feel like, because Nick, again, you followed your passion. You followed what made sense to you. You followed what you loved. And in doing that, not really on purpose, which is the most beautiful thing of it all, in doing that, 
you living your truth, people started to see that in you, in your example, and be like, ooh, he's got something going on there. How can I do that as well? How can I tap into that as well too, right? So it's like following your passion and following what you following what you love, you don't know what can come from that. You don't yet, right? But it's by doing those things that will then allow these moments to come into your life and then these things to almost happen accidentally because you're just putting yourself out there. And dude, by you doing that and saying that example, people are like, oh, again, oh shit, Nick's got something going on there. And then now through you wanting to serve and help people, that developed into you writing a book. It's just how things can come together like that when we follow our truth and what we love. And this is just such a great example. That's why I'm just getting so excited about it. Yeah. Well, following your truth is an example of taking action. One of my favorite quotes that I really only discovered recently, it's a Napoleon Hill quote. He says, action is the real measure of intelligence. Action is the real measure of intelligence. So reading these books, you highlighted this earlier, reading these books and choosing not to take action, nothing changes in your life. Those books become a form of entertainment, not education and behavior change. I love the following metaphor. Imagine reading a cookbook about how to create the world's best chicken parm. And you study this recipe so intensely. You memorize it forwards, backwards. You buy everything that you need to to make the chicken parm. And then you don't attempt the recipe. What's the point? You have to taste the recipe in order to truly understand and implement what you've just read. Yet so many people are reading books about entrepreneurship and they don't start a business or reading books about writing a book and they choose not to write one, reading books about improving their confidence or self-esteem and then they don't put any of the practices into place. It's like reading a cookbook about making the world's best chicken parm, but never making the chicken parm. I just don't get why you wouldn't try it out. And so it's only through action that stuff happens, including following your passion. Yes. Dude, and some of the things that you mentioned that are in the book, <clears throat> what are like one or two of the things that you think is most important in making the shift from reading to implementing or just one or two that are your favorite? Yeah, I think one of the most important things to do is set an intention for each book that you choose to read. So Justin, every once in a while, I'll bump into somebody at a conference or on the street or at a family gathering. And I say, hey, what are you reading? And they'll tell me. I'll say, why? What do you mean, why? Why are you reading the book that you're reading? I don't know. Somebody gave it to me or I saw it on Instagram. What I like to do is set an intention for each book that I read that follows the SMART goal framework. So it's specific, it's measurable, it's actionable, attainable. It's written and relevant, and it's time-bound. And I like to write that intention on the inside cover of each book that I read. So here's an example, a book that I'll be starting soon. It's called Amplify Your Influence by Rene Rodriguez. It's all about improving your communication. And so I'm not just going to open this up and start reading it. I'm going to read the front cover, the back cover. I'm going to read inside a little bit. And then I'm going to say, hmm, I'm looking to find and implement at least two strategies to improve my communication by the end of next week because I'm going to spice it up and add some emotion because I suffered from social anxiety when I was younger and that really pushed me under my potential. I know that by improving my communication and my ability to lead that I can be a better version of myself. And imagine reading that intention every single time I open up the book and I look to read another chapter or a few more pages. I'm so much more likely to find and implement those two strategies if I'm very intentional about it. 
And so don't read without intention, read with intention. And that's sort of the first step in my framework for taking better action. Do you like that example? I love that. I thought that was so good. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, maybe because I really didn't like books, I only read books now with intention, you know, or, or listen to books with intention because without intention, there's no purpose for me to read, you know, to listen to a book. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, grow up just loving reading books and like, and that's cool if you're like that. Like there's moments I wish I was like that when I was a kid, but I wasn't and that's fine. Mm. But I think because of that, and I just realized this kind of right now that I didn't do it for joy back then. It wasn't just to read a book for because I liked to or for fun. It's only ever dawned on me to listen to or read a book because there's an attention behind it. So I didn't even realize, Nick, that I was kind of doing that before you just threw that out there. And I think that is crucial. And I think that's even, you take it a step further by writing it right in on the inside of the book, those intentions, and then looking at it every single time, because what we focus on is what we create and what we do. If you have no intention, if you're not going over it every time you read it, you're going to lose it. It's just how life works. If you're not focused on it, it goes away. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So if these books are solving a very specific problem or helping us install a very specific set of skills, we're so much more likely to be energized and emotional and take action. And, uh, you know, on top of that, if, if you're listening to a book, sometimes you could write your intention on a sticky note or something and keep it around you, maybe in the notes section on your phone. And uh, yeah, too many people just read a book with somebody else's intention because they see it on social media and they don't relate it to what it could do for them. Mm. And, uh, but I'm happy to hear that you're reading with intention. I think it's very important. It keeps you it keeps you going and consistent. And that uh, that is exactly because that's why I like to listen to books on Audible now is because it's like I have specific things that I'm trying to learn and obtain and move forward in life with. And uh, you know what? It does. It makes it uh, that much easier to do it and listen to books when we're being intentional about it because there's a deep desire of wanting and craving this information and wanting to learn and wanting this to take and implement into my life so I can be my higher self, so I can be a better version of myself. And that, like, I'll just say, like, that's my driving force. And almost every single book that I listen to, it's okay. How can I be a better version of myself? for myself, for my wife, my family, for our society, the consciousness around me. Um, and honestly, it's like, thank you, man. Cause it's, it's like an awareness I didn't even really focus a lot on. And I'm like, that is it. And that is why I do. I, I'm, I'm just going from one book to the next, always on audible always. And it's always that desire and that urge just to be a better version of myself. Yeah. And listen, I'd encourage you to get even a little bit more specific and measurable with yes. your intention. You know, our brains, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, somebody's talked about this on your podcast before, but I'll be brief. Uh, our brains have this natural filtering system called a reticular activating system, an RAS. And so if you tell your brain to look for two actionable strategies to implement that can help you improve your communication, as you're reading through the book, you will naturally filter for those things. They'll pop out, become very clear to you in the moment, and then you'll be able to take action. But if I just read this and I'm like, I'm just going to read this because I heard it was good. You're not filtering for anything. And so there's an opportunity cost to that. You're less likely to find what you want to implement and take action. And then on the backside of it, I mean, in the book, 
Rise of the Reader, I detail how to build an activity tracker that measures those things. Once you pull them out of the book, you put them in this tracker, you set a goal for implementing them each week. And then I even talk about building an accountability group that you meet with on a regular basis so that other people can hold you accountable to implementing the material that you know you should be doing. Because sometimes it's not enough to just say, I want to go to the gym tomorrow at seven. Sometimes you need somebody else waiting for you at the gym at seven so that if you don't show up, you're going to feel bad. It's that extra little reinforcement. And so all of these things kind of combined together, plus everything else that I mentioned, just makes you an action machine. And right action is a real measure of intelligence. Intention and accountability can take us so far. Yes. They really can. And like, dude, thank you. I can definitely 100% be more intentional with the things that I'm listening to. And you're right. When we set that intention, it will, our mind will pick those things out as we're listening or as we're reading and having the accountability, man, that's how in certain aspects of my life, that's when I've thrived and done really well when I'm being held accountable for it. So when you can create that in a group and that just too creates more community accountability, it's just like a, I don't know that to me, that's like, that's like another step forward. That's like another step up the ladder rung to becoming that better version of yourself and to actually holding yourself accountable and doing the things that you said that you wanted to do. How good does it feel when we do the things that we know we're supposed to do and how shitty does it feel when we don't do those things that we know we're supposed to do and accountability can help a lot with that? Yeah, it really can. And uh, I give most of the success that I've had over the last 10 years to my accountability group and to the intentions that I set for each book that I read. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's can't get more powerful than that. Dude, I don't want you, the number is whatever, one, two, five, 10. What are some of your favorite books? And when I say favorite, more, what are some of the books that you feel like have impacted you the most and how you show up in the world? For growing my business and the platform that I have today, uh, and being able to pay myself for it so that I can continue to do it without stress. I read a book last year, $100 million Offers by Alex Hormozzi. I mentioned him very briefly earlier today. And that book literally forexed the book thinker's revenue within a couple of months. And it sounds kind of goofy, but I went through that book. I implemented every exercise. I had multiple aha, epiphany style moments for the business. I followed his frameworks for implementing them and everything changed. I owe so much to that book. So that's a recent book uh, that's impacted the way that I show up. Uh, I'll mention a couple of others. The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And it talks about the reciprocal nature of giving and receiving. Sometimes you go from somebody who's just take, 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 And then you overcompensate by only wanting to give, give, give. And I found myself in that state for a little while. But the more you give, the more you can receive. The more you receive, the more you have to give. And I'm sure it works the same way with love. You need to give love and receive love. And it's a reciprocal kind of compounding beast in a good way. Hmm. So that's a book that, that definitely has impacted the way that I show up in the world. We talked about slow and steady wins the race. I think the book that originally put me into that frame of mind was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And that book teaches you that small steps in the right direction over a long period of time will lead to what's called exponential progression. But essentially this compound effect 
that's working in your direction. And all of a sudden out of every, out of nowhere, everything makes sense. Everything grows, everything works together. Just like your social media, you stick, you know, you stuck around at 5,000 for a long time and then boom, out of nowhere, it all happens. And so, you know, those are the first three books that come to mind when you ask the question. Love it, man. The compound effect, go giver. What was the first one again? Hundred million dollar offers, and it's just a it's a dollar sign one zero zero M offers. Hundred million dollar offers. Awesome, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah, and by the way, I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books, so there are so many more that have impacted me. But yeah, I love to kind of switch it up and give different book recommendations. Amazing. Before we start to cut out. Where do you see book thinkers going? Like you, Nick, like you, what, what truly are you trying to create here? Um, let me rephrase that. What truly are you creating here? Not trying because you're doing it. So what are you creating? What deep in your soul is the purpose for doing this? What do you want to achieve from the work that you're doing? This might be a little different than than uh, other guests on the show, Justin, but I want to do, I want to create more of the same. I am thankfully, gratefully, totally fulfilled and live a life full of joy and presence and impact. And I just want more of the same at a bigger scale, you know, because again, that positive reciprocal relationship between giving and receiving, but I've found it. I know exactly what I want to do. I enjoy each and every day. I love conversations like this. And I think that if book thinkers can help a thousand times as many authors every month, that'd be an amazing thing too. A thousand times as many people find the right book at the right time that can change their life. That's amazing too. But we're doing it each and every day right now. And I love my present moment so much that I hesitate to name anything different in the future because I don't want anything different. Nick, that was incredible. You're too busy enjoying the present moment and where you are right now to really be worried about what may come later. And that is absolutely a key, that is a key to life. Being here now, finding the joy that you have right here, because in doing that, the other things will fall into place. They will just magically happen. When you are present and filled with joy, you were living at such a high level. Enjoying the passage of time, focus on joy, enjoying the passage of time. That's what I'm doing. Hmm. That's what I optimize for, nothing else. And I think sometimes when we create a vision for the future that's very different than what we have today, it stems from a lack of presence. It stems from a lack of enjoying the passage of time. Hmm. So that's what I think people should optimize for. And once you hit that, like once you truly enjoy your day to day, then you just do more of the same and it just compounds and it grows. Yes. Incredible. Honestly, what a phenomenal way to wrap things up. I think that was just like a perfect end to everything. Nick, if you can please let everybody know where they can find you guys online, social media. I did mention the book, but if you want to mention the book again and when it will be launched, that would be great. Sure. The book is Rise of the Reader. And it's available all online retailers. You can find it everywhere. Um, for connecting with me, Justin, anybody in your audience that has a problem that they're facing or a skill they want to double down and improve on, maybe a project they want to kick off, reach out to me on Instagram at bookthinkers. 
tell me about your problem. It's a safe place. And I'll probably ask a few follow-up questions and then provide a book recommendation. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's uh, something that I'll extend to everybody in your audience. So reach out. Let me know what's bothering you. I'll let you know a good book to help you solve that problem or at least make progress against solving that problem or doubling down on some type of skill. And uh, you can get to know our community that way on Instagram at bookthinkers. That's the place that uh, you'll find me. Dude, I didn't realize that till right now, how much more valuable you even are than I already thought. And I mean that with like so much love. I already held you up here and now it's like, oh, we went even a little bit higher because you like, you're like the like the internet in a way, or like a library, you know, you're they're like, you're that key that you can go to to be like, Hey, I'm finding difficulty in this realm. Can you please help tap me into a beautiful book filled with knowledge and understanding and perspectives that can help me and help heal me like that yes. is kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. That's pretty wild. That is, wow. That is something else, dude. Like you're just, you have the ability to tap into almost like this infinite knowledge and help guide people in the right direction that will help them. Dude, so much love. Game. Oh my God. So much love for you, buddy. Thank you for taking the time to being, to be here and chat and chill and connect with our audience. Literally, man, so much love for you. Thank you for setting the example, following your passion, living it every single day. That stuff is so important to show people that it's possible so that they can do the same thing and follow their passions and live it every day and make money from it and be happier. So thank you. Yeah, man. Well, I'm grateful to you and for you for having me on the show today. I think your audience already knows this, but I've just learned this. You're an amazing guy. And uh, I'll be tuning into your show. I love the conversational approach that you have. You make me feel comfortable and you're very complimentary. So it's uh, it's been a pleasure you know, from my side, not every podcaster is as gracious or kind or patient. And so thank you uh, for having me on the show today. Of course, man. That was beautiful. Thank you for saying that. That fills me with joy and love. It makes me feel incredible. Everybody out there, thank you for taking some time to sit with me and Nick. He's an incredible dude. Book thinkers, check him out. Check out his book. And like he said, reach out to Nick if you have any questions, if you have concerns, if you need something, dude, he's like, he'll help you. So just do that. If you feel that inclination to do that, don't hold back. Love you all so, so much, Nick, man. So much love for you too, buddy. And uh, everybody will see you next week. Thanks, dude. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please like, follow, share, subscribe. Whatever you can do to help share this with the world, we put a lot of energy, effort, and time into creating this beautiful podcast with these incredible guests to help bring more awareness to the love that exists all around us. So if you can help spread some love, we'd really appreciate it. Love you.